This is CliffCentral.com. This show contains adult content. If you find it offensive, please go to the CliffCentral.com website where there's a show for you. Central.com. It is Friday morning. This is Sex Talk with John T. Searle and Tamar. This is Unradio. This is Unscripted. And this is Uncensored. So we do something. <laughs> Let's start that again, shall we? We are doing something really special for the next three weeks. We're focusing on the topic of expanded orgasm for women. And this morning, we are sharing an interview that Tamara and I did a few weeks back with Steve Badansky, who brought Expanded Orgasm to the world. He and his partner, Vera, wrote an amazing book called Extended Massive Orgasm, explaining the principles of this. And I met Steve very early in my journey of teaching and learning and exploration. And he and Vera were incredibly helpful and was one of the first workshops that I teach and teach today because I'm still learning so much more about it. Next week, we are doing a live expanded orgasm lesson in the studio. So you're going to be able to learn how to do this with your partner at home. And the following week, we are doing something really special. Tamar is going to have an expanded orgasm experience and then we are going to talk about it. So this is incredibly important technique. And when I say that, and a while ago I was thinking about what makes a workshop or a technique or an experience or a practice important. So what it does, when it's important, and in, in my vocabulary of being important, it means that it has incredible possibilities for us. It helps us change the patterns that we are in sexually. Now this is huge and so important to understand and I talk about this lots because it is so important. We work in terms of patterns and our sexual patterns are really deep. They are deeply set. Most of them are subconscious. So when we try and change something, when we try and do something different with our sexuality, we have to know how because you say to a lot of people, so would you like to do something different sexually? And they say, yes. And that's absolutely fine. But then you start thinking about it and they have no idea what to do. So they go back to doing what it is that they've always done. When we have a different practice, we can do something different. So this starts to change the way that our body reacts to sex, the way that our body responds to sex, and it allows us and teaches us to do something different. That opens the door to so much exploration. And um, with Steve, we're going to talk a little bit about what expanded orgasm is, and the lesson next week go into much greater detail of what that is and how to make it happen. And I have to tell you that if there is one thing that is going to change the way that you see yourself as a pleasure being, that you experience pleasure, both giving and receiving, 
it is expanded orgasm. And that makes it an incredibly exciting experience. Sex Talk on cliffcentral.com. This is Unradio. This is Unscripted. And this is without a doubt Uncentered. Uncensored. Uncentered. <laughs> uncensored. Jonti and Tamar Hi. with such a special guest that I am so, so happy to be talking to, Steve Bodansky. Good morning, Steve, because morning there for you. And good afternoon, whatever it is there. Yeah, it's just, evening. Yeah, 4.30 four, <laughs> in the probably afternoon. late at night by now. No, 4.30 in the afternoon. All right. So this is really a conversation that I've wanted to have for a long, long time and was remiss in doing it because when I started my journey of teaching, I came across your work, you, you and Vera, and it had such an impact on me and we had some contact and you guys were amazing and so inspirational um, for me in, in your writing, in your work, in the way that you were and almost... 20 years later, here we are. So I express incredible thanks to you. Oh, you're so welcome. So, yeah, I, I, remember, I remember when I first heard from you a number of years ago. Yeah. I, so, how did the expanded orgasm journey start for you? Hmm. One stroke at a time. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, it's, I mean, it's a long story, actually, but. I, to make this shorter version, um, we, I found this commune that was actually based in California, but they had houses all over the country. And I was living in Brooklyn, New York, part of New York City, and there was a house there, and I kind of stumbled into it because I needed a place to, to live. I was like 24, I think, at the time, and I was working like about three blocks away in this at the medical school there. And uh, I moved in. I was married, but my wife had, like, split. And then her parents had institutionalized her. She came back, and I, I left the commune. And then uh, then she left about six months later, I guess. And I moved into this commune, and I eventually wound up going to California about five years later. So I, I kind of, this, this new girl I met took me out of the place. The women team take me out of the commune, and when I'm by myself, I go into it. So, yeah, they, they did classes about orgasm, and that's where I learned my material and where I met Vera. So that's where it started, and then we just been, we left that commune, I guess, I lived there 13 years, and then we started our own business and our own teaching and our own style, and we've been doing that ever since. So Vera stopped doing that now pretty much, so she still gets off, but she's, she's 80, she'll be 83 this week. Wow, that's fantastic. I said she has Alzheimer's now, but she still gets off, and she's like, I think her ability to, to have these great orgasms and to feel her body really um, keeps her happy still. Sure. That's amazing. She's like the happiest person with Alzheimer's I've ever seen. <laughs> ah, that's just the most beautiful thing. That's, Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, that is fantastic. I mean... I'm sure so many people with that condition would love to be able to experience mm. experience this. Yeah, and she's going to ask for, I got to kind of like trick her, not trick her into it, because she doesn't know what I'm talking about. But when she starts feeling, she feels. So it's pretty, pretty, it's pretty interesting. So it's, it's an adventure. Okay, that's fantastic. So how long have you guys been teaching this? Well, we started teaching at, at the commune, which was, oh, well, 
I guess I got certified in 1987. She was certified in 1980. So I was teaching it probably in the, in the before even I got certified, but showing orgasms was 1987. So for 31 years, I've been demonstrating extended orgasms. Wow. That's absolutely amazing. So when you say certified, certified by who? Like what was that yeah. process? <laughs> well, it's changed over the years. Yeah. When I did it, it was like there was no – they had a sensuality department after a number of years. But when I did it, there was no like sensuality department. It was just a couple of people who were certified before me. Okay. And uh, and they didn't really – I mean, I, I was doing – we the place taught courses, and I was taking all kinds of different sensuality courses while I was living there. So I, I – you know – we had this one program where we were technicians, called technicians. It was, it was like, um, and, and women and men were both um, do, doing that. And then people would come to see you and, and to get off. And they pay you in this kind of like monopoly money. So it wasn't like illegal. And um, so I, I, you know, I see like, you know, dozens of people a day. So I, I really practiced a lot. Wow. And this is all at at this commune? Yeah. Okay. These different periods. Right now, the people are older and not as, I don't think, they don't have these games anymore. Yeah. Because the guy, the, guy, the guy who started died a number of years ago, so that, it's a little slowed down. Okay. We all have a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> that was Vic Barranco, is that right? Yes. That was the, that was the guy who started this thing. Okay, because there's very little information about him. In fact, there's almost none. And I remember reading your book, and I think at some point in the book you said you guys were going to write something about him or about his ideas and his visions. Yeah, I wrote a book called Extended Massive Love, A Love Story and More, because the place is called More or Morehouse or More University at one point. Okay. So I did write a book. It's, it's available like on Kindle. There's a printed version, but it's so expensive to buy because there's a lot, there's a bunch of photographs in it, and I guess that that makes the price a lot more expensive. So it's like seventy dollars for the printed version, but I think it's you know seven dollars or something or six dollars for the Kindle version, and it has a lot of the information there, all the games we played, and also a lot about Vera's background and how we met and cool. what we did before and after. So it's. it's Kind of memoirs, but a lot, a lot about about what we did at the communes because that was a big part of my life for a number of years. And did that book come before or after the extended massive orgasm book? Well, it, I started writing it before, but it it came out afterwards. And um, I'd self published that. I, I guess our publisher wasn't interested in publishing memoirs, yeah. So they called them. So I self published that. So um, it came out afterwards, a number of years after. I'm not sure when. I think I think it was like I think we did four books with the publisher first, and then I self-published that one. Hmm. Oh, that's amazing. Um, and before before that, there was no kind of expanded orgasm. This is where it all originated. As, as far as I know, I hadn't heard about it. Most people still haven't heard about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um. <laughs> so, and that's like you know, I guess. The first person who was certified was in 1976. Wow. So that's like that's 42 years ago. So you think it'd be more widespread by now. Yeah. That's fascinating because it was one of the first things that I started 
teaching. And um, last two nights ago, I taught a small group of people, and it was the feedback I got from it was that it was one of the best workshops that I've ever taught because the perceptions were so different. And it just has been such a part of my life for so long, and that is really thanks to you guys. Do you, uh, do you do demonstrations, slide demonstrations? We have done in the past, but um, when, firstly in South Africa, we're quite a conservative country. And at, uh-huh. the, and at the workshops, we have a real mix of, of, of people, of singles, of couples. And um, to make the space safe, for some people, that's considered um, incredibly, uh, I don't know, taboo. Risky, yeah. taboo, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very, yeah, very provocative. And for some people, it would be pushing the boundaries to a space of, of great discomfort. Right. But we have done that and um, even did a, a couple of years ago uh, a few minutes of, of a live expanded orgasm on this show with, with somebody talking and, and then the woman who experienced it talking afterwards about what she had experienced yeah. it. And that was really beautiful and powerful. I actually asked Jonti to be uh, treated by him and record a session of expanded orgasm and ex- explain actually mm. how I feel, try to keep some consciousness. But I don't know if it's possible. Maybe it's, maybe it's, it's not supposed to be. You know, we're not supposed to stay in this world while we're going through this experience. Maybe we, we're not supposed to advocate it. I don't know. Yeah. So st- I, I don't- I've been advocating it. <laughs> uh, no, advocate it for sure, but not while we're going through the experience on air, maybe. I don't uh, know. To, no, I don't think. I'm, I think it would be awesome uh, oh, to do. Let's do it. Absolutely. It's, it's just, a, just the audio part, right, you're talking about? Yes. Or, yeah, the yeah. studio that we have does is, is wired for camera, but at the moment the yeah. platform doesn't really do a lot of, of video. We're moving in that direction. Because uh-huh. the other thing in South Africa is we have incredibly restrictive uh, data charges, where where data on online data is incredibly expensive, uh, we're one, yeah. one of the most expensive in the world. And there's a huge campaign here at the moment uh, to bring the prices down. But you know there's incredible poverty in the country, and it makes it inaccessible to a lot of people. Yeah. So that, have you seen my book, Orgasm Matters? Have you seen that one? No. Wow. That's a couple. I think I read a couple of years, three years ago, maybe. Okay. And one chapter of, I guess it's three, one guy and two women, and they're getting certified in front of this large group of people. And it's it's a made up story, but it's kind of, but I kind of, you know, use things that we did. Yes. And so it's, you know, it's kind of like dialogue and and people asking them questions. So it's something you probably could read maybe over the air. That would be, you know, it's a whole chapter. That would be very powerful. Take us through the principles of, of expanded orgasm, please, because it will be awesome to hear it from you. Principles. Let me think. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's well, first of all, it's manual stimulation. At least that's the way to start. Yes. And to, to learn. And, and you have to have a good communication first between the people, and it's and it's. And it's usually a man, um, or it could be a woman also, who's what we call the doer. So if you take, you have two roles. You have somebody being done or receiving the orgasm, and somebody producing the orgasm. So it's not like, it's not like, you know, I'll rub your back while you rub my back. It's like I'll rub your back. Yes. Right now, we're right rubbing, and the person who's receiving the orgasm, their job is just to kind of. Relax as much as they can and feel as much as they can and put their attention on the, wherever they're being touched and feel their body and to approve and acknowledge any 
sensation that they're enjoying. And that's pretty much all they have to do is just lie there and feel and enjoy. And the person doing it, uh, that's where the techniques basically come in. And and you want to take control of the other person's orgasm, of their level of tumescence, we call it. So in order to do that, you have to have your attention on that person and to feel your body while you're doing that and to proceed according to how you're feeling. And you're touching also for your own pleasure. You're not touching actually to make an effect. You're touching because it feels good to your hands. Mm. What feels good to you. And that creates a space of, of incredible intimacy and connection between the people. It can, you know, depending on the people. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. but I, I think that focus does because, you know, being so present with someone for me is, a, is an expression of intimacy regardless of the, the context of the relationship. Yeah. So the person receiving the orgasm, you see, has to surrender their pleasure to the other person. Mm. And the, and the other person who's doing it has to take control of this, of this pleasure. Yeah. And then, but, yeah, but in a way, you know, everybody's really in control. I mean, even the person who's doing it, it is, there's, a, there's a line about cause and effect that um, the way to be caused is you create the space, you create the objects in the space, and you create the time the objects exist. And if you're at effect, the person receiving it, you also create the time the place, and the objects, and then you forget that you did it. Mm. So everybody's really caused, but by forgetting, you become effect. Mm. And that's why you receive, because receiving, receiving um, the pleasure is where the most pleasure is at. Mm. But it's also, also the most vulnerable place to be, because, you know, it's scary to just be totally, totally at effect of somebody else. Yeah. You know, people... To give up control, mm. and that's so difficult for for so many people. Yeah, so so that's why there's different techniques how to how you know how to be better at taking control, how to put somebody out of effect, how to have them feel comfortable, how to have them feel you know safe. Mm. Yeah, the safety is, is the hugest part of that. And, and the more you practice, and the better you become at it, you know, the the person can just feel. Can feel that, and they can be more trusting. You know, it's like if you go to a heart doctor, or you know, a surgeon, or something. You know, and he's he's done one surgery. You know, you'd be kind of, you know, and it didn't turn out very well. <laughs> you'd be kind of afraid, you know. But if you heard, oh, he's done thousands of surgeries, and you know, he's done transplants, and they're all successes. You know, well, I guess I can, you know, go on anesthesia and let him do it. You know. So there's enormous. Um Confidence within within the giver. There needs to be incredible confidence there. Yes, you have to be confident and enjoying what you're doing. Mm. And again, for me, that's that's very much this the presence, um, the state of presence that that that, that creates. Because so many people during sex or any sexual experience of of any level are not really present within themselves. They're in their minds. Right. They're kind of in fantasy. Uh, they come back to to what they're doing. Then they think about work and so many other things. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's uh, I think it's, it's okay to fa- fantasize if that enhances the experience. But you know, but like you can't be like w- worrying about when am I when am I going when am I going to come or when am I going to have an orgasm or you know, when when is it going to get better? You have to feel each stroke and 
enjoy enjoy that stroke to the max from from both um, positions. So the perception that that gives people, or or, or one of the things about it, is um, taking that immediate goal out of that equation, that it's much more about pleasure than the goal of orgasm. Right. The the orgasm's there already. You just have to tap into it. Mm. And if you're trying to get to some place that you're you're already at, you're never going to get there. I think they they say the same thing about um, like enlightenment. You can't get to enlightenment. You already you already are enlightened. Okay. The same way, in the same way with orgasm. You're already in orgasm. You just uh, have to that's nice. be present. That's, that's such a beautiful way to put it. Yeah, absolutely. The orgasm is already there. Yeah, <laughs> just revealing revealing it. Yeah, you are orgasmic, and you just have to acknowledge it and allow it. Yeah, I think Vic Branco said you have to, you have to not confront orgasm in order not to have it. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't it just right, where all the the Western thinking is? I want to have, I want to have mm. something, I want to fight for it. I'm going to be active. I'm not going to surrender into it. Yeah, it's yeah, and, and people are really messed up about sex anyhow in our <laughs> now probably a whole world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know, in South Africa, we have an incredibly high level of of sexual abuse, um, and so many, so many women struggle to have have orgasms, have pleasure, um, and so That's many right. and so many men are, are so sexually disempowered. Right. Well, you know, I mean, most people think you, you have to, you know, stick it in in order to have sex <laughs> yeah. or have orgasms, yeah. and then women and women don't have. You know, it's, it's commonly known that most women don't have orgasms with intercourse, but they still think they should. Yeah. Yeah. Something, something they're not doing right or something. There's something wrong with them. Yeah, the, the, so, me, the media has created an incredible amount of pressure um, around that, of this is how sex should be, which is a very, very narrow definition instead of the fact that it's about pleasure. And in the field of pleasure are so many amazing possibilities. Yeah, but it also it also creates taboos which are fun to which creates eroticism which can be fun. So there's there's always a silver lining to every cloud. Yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And if everybody was getting off grade, we would, I wouldn't have a job for all these years. <laughs> it's also so interesting that um, when we think about. What, what are we doing wrong? But now already we have the amazing biology science to explain that women uh, open up sexually and really release into sexual pleasure after half an hour, 45 mm. minutes. So what are we doing wrong? But we want to give it only five minutes. So it's like we already know so much and we still don't accept the fact that we should make time for pleasure. We should. We would. We, we actually we really should because it's so much fun. Yeah, and with, and with the extended massive orgasm practice... Even if you do it for five minutes, you're 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 an orgasm from the first stroke or before even. Mm. It's just like when I have clients, I just say, "All right, just sit back there, sit back, lie back against the chair. You know, feel you know, maybe don't cross your legs, open your legs, you know, a little bit, and just feel your pussy." And most women can actually, you know, start having the orgasm just by putting their attention on their pussy, mm. on their clitoris. Down, 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 down there, as some people call it. Mm, and um, and you know, and I or somebody who's trained can can feel when they're when they're feeling that. It's like you know, it's 
it's like the energy changes. Yeah, it changes so, inc- incredibly when the connection's there. So then, like if so then if you can do that and you can lie down and then with each stroke take it even higher, then after five minutes you have this five minute orgasm, which is quite a bit of time of orgasming for most people, I would say. So even in five minutes you can have a great time, and you don't have, you don't need an hour. Oh. Okay, that's that's new for me. Thank you so much for that. I have to now get to all your books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wrote, I wrote one book called Instant Orgasm, I think oh, it was wow. called. That's amazing. So, Steve, does this commune still exist? Yes, it still exists. It's, it's not too far from where we live. We don't really have much to do with them anymore. Yeah. You see a few of the people, we're friendly with them, but and they still teach this information. They said they're a lot older now than they were, and they're... Guru's not around, but they still do like they still certify people, and they still do similar courses that we do, or where we, where we um, train people. Yeah, they're they're a good source. They're a little expensive. <laughs> yeah, it it seems to be from from what you were saying, quite a, um, a sexually or, or sensually oriented space. Was that kind of the focus of it? It was. It was a, well, the guy was I don't know, just a different thinker and he was creating an experimental lifestyle and, and he said if people had to live together they had to get sex handled absolutely so so people didn't sneak around on so people would have affairs but everybody would be aware of them it wasn't a secret wasn't secret affairs it was you know, just affairs so a lot of people and it, they started back i guess in the late 60s so there was like you know kind of free sex before aids so there's a lot more, you know, all kinds of things were available back then. And that's one of the amazing things about the expanded orgasm experience is that there's, it's not a penetrative technique. No, though, I'm, I mean, you, like in our, in our video, we show that for, for a first half hour where there's no penetration with the hands, the second half hour we use the second hand with different penetrating strokes and movements to add on to the, Continual clitoral stimulation. Yeah, yeah. I meant um, uh, cock penetration. No, penis is not necessary for an orgasm for a woman. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. For a guy, for a guy, I think it's probably most necessary. Definitely. Let's start the, the, the equation as a penis is not necessary for a female orgasm. Let's start there. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and for most men, that would really, it changes the equation because, you know, I've been thinking and writing and, and talking so much about a new story of sex that we need. And um, in this new story, I mean, if you take that sentence and you say that a penis is not necessary for a female orgasm, that changes the male sexual definition enormously. Altogether. Because so many men, their sexual definition is in their genitals. In the penetration. So what happens if that's not there, well, they they don't have the pressure, and it's a lot more fun. Ah, yeah. Absolutely, and that's it takes so much pressure off because there's so much and of a of a performance for men. Right, and it doesn't take the penis off the table. It just you know it's just another tool that can be used if the woman wants wants it. Yeah, but but it's not necessary. Yeah, I think I have to write something about that because it really changes. It's an article that I published this week, but it's in line with that. But it changes that equation so much just simply to say 
And it isn't it? But isn't yeah? Isn't it just so simple? Hmm. But it's it's the whole some of the biggest issues between couples, and in sex, defining sex. Hmm. Uh, So if what do you do for half an hour? (laughs) (laughs) You said it doesn't. There's no penetration for half an hour. If you look at evolution, I think most animals, mammals, and I guess all kinds, they have some kind of penis involvement in sex. They don't use their hands or mouth, they haven't developed the skills that, you know, just like they haven't developed, you know, great artwork either. Yeah. You know, like, like humans can, or great music, or great cooking, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, they all animals eat, but they don't, like, prepare the food where it tastes really great, mm. you know. So humans have developed, you know, these techniques, I guess it hasn't been for that long. You know, how to create more pleasure, just like they've created, you know, artwork and good food. Mm. So, 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 you know, evolutionary speaking, I guess this, it makes sense. Absolutely. You know. And it kind of puts it in a space where evolutionary speaking, then so many people are still at really kind of a primal, yeah, primal level of sex without subtlety. Yeah, absolutely. Where it's just kind of, Let's get it in and, and let's have an orgasm. And generally, that's more for one person than the other. Yeah, well, they, were, they haven't been interested enough to find out about it or they haven't been exposed to the information. And that's, so if you haven't thought about it, it's not available. You know, it's not, and that's, know. that's fascinating because we have such an obsession with sex. I mean, more web searches are about aspects of porn than than anything else. I mean, even we have a cabinet minister here, or an ex-cabinet minister, who made a, a, a video of, of, of himself. He's masturbating and... Um, Allegedly want to put, put his penis in somebody's mouth. That's what it says. And this has gone on to Pornhub, and it's, I think, at the moment got over half a million views. I mean, who the heck wants to watch cabinet minister playing with themselves where they can't even do their fucking jobs in South Africa mm-hmm. properly? But that's a whole different story. But there's such an obsession in our society with, with sex, and yet we're at such a low level Frequency. of it, where most of the world operates on kind of the porn model of sex, you know? Yeah, I, I think that's a true statement. <laughs> and I've also in the past said that if more world leaders experienced orgasm, like really good, deep, expanded orgasm on a regular basis, our world would be a very different place. Yeah, also if there are more female world leaders, I think that would help too. But female leaders that are, yeah, that are going through expanded, massive, massive, you know, massive. Yeah, not trying to be men. Um, Yeah, I don't think Margaret Thatcher had too many (laughs) orgasms. No. Well, from what I saw, and I haven't been following the the elections that have been happening in America, apparently there are now a lot more women represented um, in in, in the different um, houses than than ever before. Yeah, they had a pretty big turn uh, turnover a lot, a lot a lot of the women won and and some of them was one one is like a i think she's a lesbian and a i don't know and a former mma fighter and all, all kinds of one was a woman from somalia somalia i guess background and another wow. you know all, all different kinds of backgrounds and you know it's, it's pretty it's pretty um impressive so this country is changing it's just the guy on top is hmm. a little slow. <laughs> That's a very charitable way of putting it. Isn't it? 
Isn't it interesting that it looks like that nobody's really interested in sex, but in control or in um, ego games or actually quick gratification? It's not really about sex, isn't it? I. It's not about pleasure, anyhow. Yeah. 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 It's where sex is a that's, a tool and a it's weapon. About power. Yeah. It's about power and. Um, so. Yeah, I think it was Oscar Wilde who said that everything in in life is about sex, except sex, and sex is about power. Yeah. Until we until we get it into into the state of pleasure. Hmm. Yeah. So how do you start? Well, that, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I guess when he he was around, there wasn't a whole lot of information <laughs> about pleasure. No, and and he was very persecuted, you know, for being gay. Right. He was around Freud's time, I think, wasn't he? Probably. Hmm. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. How would you like to see expanded orgasm in the world, Steve? I would like to see it. Yeah, where would you uh, like to see it go or, or I mean in a, in a, in the realm of possibility? I I don't really care. I mean, you know, I think I think it's spreading slowly and you know, maybe there's a, there's a tipping point where it spreads quicker, you know, but but you know, and, I, and I, like you said, I think it It'd be beneficial to the politicians and that you know people to experience more pleasure and not go not not do the power trip. But I think people will probably turn it into a power trip too. Some, mm. you know, <laughs> maybe superpower. Yeah, absolutely. And I think in in some way that's happened. So I don't know too much about this and. Um, some guys have developed something called omming. I don't know if you've heard about that. Oh yeah, okay. they're actually some students. The one who started it actually was a, was a couple of people, but there's a few people started it, and they were students of some our students. Yeah, because it's a, it's a based on, they also on a similar principle. And they also took some courses from um, Morehouse, so they they got a lot of the information. It's just a little. Stricter version of what we do. Yeah, and and yeah, they're, they're being shut down at the moment. I think they have. They did some things that pissed people off or whatever. They probably charged too much money. I don't know what they did, actually. Yeah, there were all sorts of, of stories about it. Um, yeah. But when I heard about it and I and I did a little bit of reading and I I kind of said, oh, okay, so I know where this comes from. Yeah. It, you know they they um they they did good by spreading the word around quite a bit. Mm. They went to a lot of different places and cities, and they're good marketers. I don't think they knew no They weren't like they hadn't had years of expertise, you know, like like we've had, and some of the some, and some of the more people have. But they were good at getting the word the word out, and you know we get we get quite a few students who who've done oming and you know like I had I had a student. Last week, who'd done a few oming sessions, and, I, and she came to me for a session, and she said, "Oming was never like this." Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, yeah, because I think they put it in some very strict parameters and very strict time parameters. And yeah, I mean, you should probably speak to them. But what I what I've heard is, you know, they they don't they pretty much go straight. To Straight for the clitoris, and the, okay, there's so not much communication going, and I don't know it's not about surrender. So I, I don't know. Mm. Yeah. I think it's amazing that you're still teaching. I think it's absolutely incredible that you're still teaching. Well, why is that? Uh, it's just fantastic. It's beautiful. I'm not. I'm not as old. Vera's. No, no, Vera's old. I'm not that. 
<laughs> it has nothing to do with that. I think it's just yeah. about passion. Yeah, that's... You know, I, it's something I enjoy and something that I know how to do, so mm. why not do mm. it, you know? Definitely. It, it's not like if, if I was a, you know, a fireman, I couldn't do that anymore, probably. I had to retire. <laughs> yeah. And you've written a book recently on Alzheimer's, is that right? Yes, it's called Love and Alzheimer's, and it details my emotions and what I experienced and what Vera is going through with it. And I think it's the kind of most optimistic viewpoint of Alzheimer's that I've seen. And there's a lot of, a lot of journaling in it, but a lot of it, you know, the beginning part wasn't a journal. It's kind of just describing mostly the emotions that come up and then developed into a journal. And then on my website now, I continued, well, cause the, I kind of finished the book, I think it was like over a year ago, year and a half ago, and then somebody edited it. So while she was editing the book, it took her over a year to edit it because she wasn't a professional editor and self-publishing it. Uh, I kept writing my journal, so now I'm posting on my on my website, orgasmmatters.com or extendedmassiveorgasm.com. It's the same, same place. And I have a blog there where I've been putting up continued journals, so it's an extra... I've journaled for over a year now, a year and a half. So I'm putting like up, you know, every once a week, I'll put like a couple of weeks up. So it still isn't up to date, but it's getting closer. So beyond the, the, the pleasure that, that it gives Vera, does this have any any health impact on, on Alzheimer's, do you think? Well, I, I it's hard to tell, really. I think she becomes... Um, more conscious, I think. Mm-hmm. Afterwards, she enjoys her food more. Okay. <laughs> food tastes better. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't like. It, well, it doesn't last like for a long time because that same night she, you know, we may have it like at four o'clock, and by, you know, midnight or something, she's kind of, you know, it doesn't doesn't. Um, she she's less conscious again. For a few hours, I think it, 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 it boosts her consciousness and her ability to, to just to, to relate and stuff. Like when I go when I go into it, sometimes she'll say, you know, I'll say take your pants off. She's like, I can't, I can't do that. You know, like you know, she's sometimes because now sometimes you kind of revert to when you were younger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's a teenager sometimes, and you know, my mother wouldn't like that kind of thing. I say, mm-hmm. oh, you. you know, your mother's okay with it, you know. So I kind of seduced her, and then when we're finished, she says, "You're so wonderful, you're, you know. You you you, you, so, you love me so much. You know, just say nice things like that, you know." Yeah. Oh wow! So, so it's like her attitude changes, or her, I think her consciousness changes. That's that's so, intense. That's powerful. And and her orgasms aren't as intense as they used to be, but occasionally she, she surprises me. Yeah. So, like, like, I mean, I used to do, you know, in like in our video, I'm pretty much on her clitoris and, and there was specific techniques, and I'm much less technique-oriented now. I'm kind of just like, hey, whatever feels good right now, I'm going to do that and go with that. Mm. So if it's touching her thigh or, 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 or just lubricating her labia for a number of minutes, and she gets off on that, that's, that's good enough, you know. The thing that boggles me is that she might be one of the only women in the world that are enjoying and having pleasure thanks to your um, 
relationship and your te- both of your teachings. Uh, but I, I must say that you must be one of the only ones in the world. And, I, and I'm quite confident when I say that. Um, it's beautiful. Uh, it's an inspiration for me. Uh, and mm-hmm. for, where, for where I take Jonti's teachings and obviously I, I pick up wonderful teachers, including now you. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's beautiful that this is now one of my missions to receive this kind of pleasure and to give pleasure to women that are um, in different conditions of consciousness or, you know, of course you have to form a very strong relationship and so on. But this is an inspiration wherever it will take me. Yeah, I think it's, it's, that's why it's good to, to learn, learn this before you get out. Sure, <laughs> so yeah. sure of get, course. Difficult to, <laughs> to, <laughs> of course. To, to get into it. Yeah. But it's really interesting. You know, if you look at how many people suffer from levels of, of Alzheimer's, of dementia, of, of various mental states, <laughs> excuse me, of, of how many of, of their relationships or pleasure get cut down or, or stop because maybe of their partner's perspective on that um, and the fact that there might not be anybody to pleasure people in those spaces. Blue. Okay. There we go. Yeah. I I agree. That's I feel blessed for that for that because yeah. uh, you know uh, and besides and besides the orgasm, just you know we do a lot of kissing and hugging. I mean, we I would say I I kiss her like a hundred times a day and hug her a hundred times a day or something. Maybe not a hundred, but close. You know, a lot. You know, we'll take walks and I'll just there's a pretty fountain and we'll say let's let's stop by this fountain and I give her a really nice hug and a short kiss and. And then we go move on again, and it kind of keeps her. I think and it keeps me. It's it's fun, and it's something makes the walk more fun, and it makes her happier. It makes me happier. It's beautiful because so many people, I think, in that space don't have physical contact or nowhere near, not loving, tender touch. You know, heart touch. We, that's incredible. We hold hands when we walk, and we hold hands, and even when we're sitting in the on the couch, we'll hold hands. And it's, that's what I write in the book, you know, all, the, all the positive things that one can do. That's because they can, a person with Alzheimer's can feel and, you know, and can hold hands just as good as anybody else. It's just that their memory from is, is, you know, goes. But they feel the present. I wonder if anybody's done, done any studies about... Um you know the impact of of physical contact and affection, not only not even sexual, but just you know some beautiful gentle massage, back massage, foot massage, um, just the comfort that that would bring people in in that space. And I look at at the journey my grandmother went through and, and the anger and the fear that she had. Um, right. Well, I, I don't know if the word spreads in the book, then maybe more people will do that but I think the cells are haven't been well self-pleasuring is difficult anyhow absolutely <laughs> the first book came out we had um, Bulvera had done this interview in New York City with this high this high it was like a boardroom and you know famous women were there and this one journalist was there and she wanted to do a story about because Vera, Vera spoke to the group about orgasm and she wanted to do a, a magazine story about Vera and put it in the New York magazine, the New Yorker, I guess it was called. And they, they kept saying maybe next month, maybe next month. And they, did, they didn't put the or never put the article in. And then 
a new magazine came around called Talk Magazine. It was only out for a couple of years. It was a really good magazine. And they put the article in there. And then like, the whole world was contacting us because I guess it was an important magazine at the time about this one-hour orgasm. Mm. So we we getting all kinds of publicity. At the same time, our book came out. So our first book was like on the top 30 list on Amazon. It was really, you know, it, it got a lot of publicity. And the second book got quite a bit of publicity, but not quite as much. And then the rest didn't get any publicity at all, hardly. It's just, you know, a little bit we did here and there. So the first two books still sell the most. Well, I really hope people listening to this will, will look at that. Are the books available through your website? Yeah, or on Amazon, they, you know, look for my name and you'll see authors. And I think I've, wrote, I've written 11 books now. I even wrote a sex novel called Extended Massive Orgasm, the, the novel. The real name I wanted to call would be um, Maybe a Sex Novel because the girl's name was, was Maybe, you know, colon, the sex novel because the girl who's like the heroine of the story, her name is Maybe. That's really and it's cool. a, fun, a fun, really fun story. I mean, I, I had the most fun writing that. I was like turned on writing that story all the time. <laughs> that is so cool. <laughs> Full of orgasm. <laughs> Divine. And it's by young, by young people. So, you know, it might be taboo for some. I love that because they kind of the the logo that I work with is is um, a path of of pleasure, a path of possibility, and all the possibilities that that pleasure creates. Not only sexual pleasure, but the pleasure in life. Full stop. And and the more in touch we are consciously with our sexuality and sensuality, the more pleasure we have in life generally. Oh, yeah, definitely. So true. And and. and the more pleasure we have in life consciously, the more we enjoy sex and, and sensuality as well. So it kind of they feed into each other, this, this uh, expanding spiral of, of possibility. Yeah. I was, it just made me think. I also I wrote two novels. and they're, they're, I'm not the greatest like novel writer, but there's some good sex in them. <laughs> they're fun stories. I think they're funny. But my second one was called um, The Switch Picture, The Evolution of Darwin. Okay. And that. Part of it takes place in South Africa. Okay. Even though I've never been there, I kind of Googled it and found out about, you know, Cape Town. So it takes place in Cape Town. Kind of, because Darwin wound up in Cape Town for a while, for a short time. So that's how kind of I got to Cape Town. I kind of followed Darwin around. Okay. That's yeah, a beautiful city. Um, yeah. It's, it's about baseball. I, I, you probably don't know, know much about baseball in South Africa. Bit. but But... Um, they have, they have, have thing called switch hitters where the you know the batter goes from either the right side or the left side so the person can switch against the pipe of pitcher and this guy's a switch pitcher where he can pitch from the left side or the right side and there actually is now in baseball <laughs> there is it that you know I guess life follows art mm-hmm. they call this book art but they really have the switch pitcher now where the guy you know has one glove that fits both hands and he can switch whatever side he wants to pitch from. His equivalent of that would be a cricketer, like a bowler or a batsman who could throw um, left or right. Yeah, because they're they're very specific. The actions and, and everything mm-hmm. around it very specific. So that would be the equivalent of 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 what we'd know in South Africa. Yeah, and some people can like rub pussies with left hand or right hand. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I can. I'm pretty ambidextrous, but my right is definitely better. Yeah. I think in the Oming people, they made everybody use the left hand. That's interesting. And the reason for that, 
I think, was what our student, we had a student one time, and he got into a fight and broke his wrist, so we had to switch to his left hand, and he, he's the one who taught them, so he taught them, <laughs> he believes people should use the left hand. Uh, that's funny. You know, that's the into it. It's this, old, <laughs> it's this old story of how a lot of, of kind of myths developed. There's this old Jewish story of this little girl who's watching her mother cook fish. And she said, why are you cooking the fish with the tail out of the pan? And the mother says, well, I don't know. That's what I always saw. So let's go and ask Granny. So they go and ask Granny, and they ask Granny, why do you cook fish with the tail out the pan? Granny says, I don't know, because that's what I always saw Great Granny do. So let's go and ask Great Granny. And they go and ask the great, old, wise grandmother. And she says, because we never had a pan big enough to put the whole fish in. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> so many things just developed out of kind of a, a myth without a lot of real information. Yeah. So, you're right-handed. Stick with your right hand. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Very, very interesting. Most of your teaching, Steve, um, is is in, in writing format? Well, uh, not – I mean, we st I started not writing. I wasn't much of a writer. I was, a, you know, I was a practitioner or whatever, you know. I We saw people, but Vera liked the way I wrote. So, she, because of her appetite, I started writing. Mm. So, I think now, you know – I've written quite a bit, but I, I prefer the actual um, live flesh, except for the extended mess of orgasm in the novel book. That was pretty orgasmic. Mm. Wow. Absolutely. How long have you and Vera been together? Well, we've been married 35 years, been together longer than that. So I think each other about almost 40 years now. We've been, been rubbing our pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't ask how many years yeah. you yeah you know each other. It's more like how many years yeah. have you been rubbing her wonderful pussy. That's beautiful way <laughs> to put it. Absolutely. And all the absolute incredible hours of, of orgasm. Yeah. Yeah. How many hours yeah. would you recommend for a beautiful, loving uh, relationship to be in an orgasmic state a day? I know it's kind of a, meta a philosophical, stupid question, but if you, would, if you can give a number... What would it be? Vera says well, numbers are the, the work of the devil or something. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, it's one stroke at a time. But you know, but a woman can just feel her pussy at any time and can have an orgasm, you know, twenty four hours if she wants. Yeah. You know, this has to be like you know, the orgasm where she can't do anything else. Yeah. But um, you know, one stroke at a time, we're up to twenty four hours. Mm. Thank you. One second. <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. There was an amazing thing that I read about life earlier today. It was a little meme that came up, I think, on Instagram, and it was that all that's really required of you in life is to put one foot in front of the other and do it again yeah. and take one breath in and breathe out and do it again and put it in this context and one stroke at a time and do it again. Yeah, like I, I like reading Eckhart Tolle. Have yes. you read him? Yeah. Being present and being present is, is the only thing, the only time there is is now, or the power of now. Mm. And one of his exercises is to kind of feel your body, you know, when you're doing anything. So, like, if you're talking to somebody, you can feel your body. Like, I'm talking now, I can feel my body. But most of the time, you kind of forget about your body and you just get into the, into the talk or into your thoughts or whatever. And the same with orgasm. You can feel it, you know, at the moment right now. So, if you're listening to this, ladies... <laughs> Feel, you, know, you can feel your pussy right now and really feel that energy. 
And that is the beginning of an orgasm. And that is what I want to you know, get out there. And so much of that, because we've become so disconnected from our bodies, and especially from from our genitals, with so much guilt and shame and embarrassment and the performance around things. Yeah, yeah a lot of guys think they're impotent. And it's, you can't be impotent with our techniques. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's amazing. I've been working with a, with a man who has had his bladder removed. Um, it was cancerous, and he had to have it removed. And we've been working through some processes of kind of connecting with his bladder and having a conversation with this to kind of close the cycle for, for him. And it's been amazing because one of the things he, he said was that until this, he had no connection with the different parts of his body other than the simple functional awareness. And it's opened this incredible journey of, of exploration for him and, and connection with every single aspect of, of himself. And it's the same kind of principle because we get so disconnected and what, what he experienced was in an extreme state. But for so many women, you know, using words like down there, that's not about owning your body. Yeah, yeah, right. We, we, had a, we had a client also who, I guess he had a prostate surgery and he couldn't have an erection anymore. Mm. He learned how to pleasure his wife with his hands and, and they're really happy. Yeah. Exactly. Both of them. Yeah, so, so so many possibilities that there are. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, I think Vera's getting up here soon. Okay. So, so we thank you so much for, for your time and, and your wisdom and sharing, and thank you for the impact that you made on my journey and, and through that the people that I've been able to share with um, and bringing well, pleasure into the world, and I'm so grateful for that. Well, I'm grateful for your help, helping spread the word here too. This is great. Thank you. I will send you so much love. All right, thanks. And I guess people can contact you. Let them know how they can contact me and all that. Yes, please so the, mention your website one more time. Either orgasmmatters.com or extendedmassiveorgasm.com. It's the same, same website, just have two yeah. directions. We'll put it on our note, notes from the show yeah. so people that listen as podcasts, they can go whenever they want. And this has been a true pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. And we wish you so much pleasure. This is CliffCentral.com. So join us next week for a live expanded orgasm lesson. And we are going to show you how you at home can give your partner this incredible experience of pleasure. And I wish you so much pleasure. This is CliffCentral.com.